Welcome to Home Design Chat with Nancy. Are you remodeling or building your dream home? We will chat about everything from the ceilings to the floors and everything in between. If you have any questions, please email me at nancy at nancyhugo.com. And this podcast is being brought to you by Premier Lighting. Well, today is March 11th, and my special guest is Charlie Ellis. Charlie is the founder of Operation Enduring Gratitude. Charlie, thank you so much for stopping by. Nancy, thanks for having me. Well, I'm so excited about um, talking about what you do because I think it's a great cause. But I want you to first explain what is Operation Enduring Gratitude. Operation Enduring Gratitude is a nonprofit that was started five years ago almost on a challenge. And what I mean by that is I was helping another nonprofit in the West Valley remodeling a house for a lady. And that's another long story to start with, so we'll just leave it at that. We're only at a half hour, so do as much as you want for a while. (laughs) And um, when when we got done rebuilding her home, I asked the executive director of the other nonprofit that I was working with why we don't do anything for veterans. And he says, you haven't started it. Oh, geez. Just what you needed. Yeah. He's he's an Air Force veteran, too, so he pretty much did what we do in the military. If somebody has a need and asks why it's not met, guess who just signed up? Hmm. You just volunteered. You go start this. So I did. And we started with a small little grant from Home Depot to do minor home improvements, curbside appeal stuff. And he asked me, what exactly do you want to do? I said, I want to do wheelchair ramps. He says, okay. So we sat down. We wrote out the grant, sent it in. Home Depot sent the money back to us in four months, I think it was, or four weeks, one or the other. We started hunting down ramps. I went to uh, some of the local VFW posts, some of the American Legion posts, handed out literature, and nobody raised their hand saying they need help. And I thought that was strange because three men in the audience were in wheelchairs. And why do you think this is? Uh, I don't have a degree, but I think we know in the military community that we are taught to be proud of ourselves, stand up, stand tall, stand on your own two feet, take care of your business. So the struggle is, is how much of my own business do I have to take care of when I know there's needs other people have? One of the misconceptions that America has is that our veterans are being treated well by the VA, and they're not. Well, I think that's um, been in the news recently, so... Yeah, it's a very hot topic. It it is obvious, but still, with the obviousness of it, people struggle with how much they're expected to give and help and to serve and volunteer their time with. And so it's it's incumbent upon the little nonprofits to say, hey, we're out here serving your veterans. Help us serve them. Mm -hmm. And so when I go to these events try and find my veterans it's very hard the ones that come out first are the ones living in apartments and because we're a nonprofit, and we don't supply uh, our wheelchair ramps to apartment complexes because really unless they live on the first floor right you have right you have elevation issues right but more importantly that's a million dollar a year industry take care of your tenants mm-hmm. why come to the the little shoestring budget nonprofit and have them kick out money for no reason you take care you guys should be taking care of your own people inside of your own buildings but back to why the veterans don't stand up on it i think it's a pride issue and i think that's and i have no numbers or anything that quantifies that statement but i think 
I have an image in my mind about a sword, whatever its length is. On one side, in the military, it's the military pride. Take pride in ownership. Take pride in your job. Take pride in this. And that's what gets us to the pinnacle of our career. But once we hit that point where we start needing help, we're still holding on to that pride of ownership, pride of self-sufficiency, pride of taking care of your own business. And we can't. We can't afford to renovate a bathroom for $10,000 on Social Security, on a military pension or or the lack thereof, because some guys don't fully go the distance to get that military pension, so they hurt financially, but they won't ask for help. And so that that obviously becomes an internal battle at home if he's married or she's married so or if their child is in the house. So the struggle for disabled individuals inside of their own homes is significant. But we can alleviate that. And so it's about finding the veteran who needs the help. And for the for the five years that we've been doing this, that struggle has been very, very difficult to navigate. It's getting easier. But I think the biggest battle with that is just recognition. In any business, any industry, if they don't know you exist, they'll never call you. Correct. So I noticed that you've been on several radio shows. Correct. Uh, you've been in some newspaper articles. And hopefully people are listening to this podcast and they're wanting to, if they have any heart at all, they would want to help you. So going back to the wheelchair ramps, what else do you do for the veterans besides the ramps? Well, the kickstart of the foundation was doing an extreme home makeover because we we helped the Maryville Revitalization Corporation. We helped them build the first uh, makeover in Maryville. And when I asked, why aren't we doing this for veterans? And I was told, well, you're not doing it. Huh? Okay. So I kickstarted it. And my background is I'm a licensed general contractor, so I can build pretty much anything. Uh, so that's my passion is construction. I think your passion is helping the veterans. This is the perfect merger of those two. Right. I could put a hammer in my hand and I could pound nails, make a living, and I can do it and give it away. So have you done a lot of makeovers uh, in the house to, so that the uh, veterans can adapt to being self-sufficient? We're working on that. That kind of journey is a financial journey. Number one, we struggle with finding the veterans who need that kind of work done on their homes, but then it comes to a monetary issue. One of the things we're trying to do is establish a relationship with the Veterans Administration. So it's really awkward in the beginning of an interview to say the VA is not really taking care of them, but they are to some degree, but all things government financed will always come up short. It's very rare that the government will meet 100% of anybody's needs. And quite frankly, I don't think they're designed for that. Mm -hmm. But when we tell our soldiers, go stand in front of that guy and dodge a bullet, and that and our soldiers get injured, it is incumbent upon the government that sent that individual there to take care of that man or that woman. Totally agree. And, and so there are avenues, and because of my journey, I'm starting to find those avenues through the VA. So when I say renovating a bathroom, a lot of people don't know this, but what is the most dangerous time in life for, vet, for anybody in a wheelchair? And the short answer is taking a bath. Absolutely. 
Um, I think they should be taking showers instead of baths. I've talked about this. I've written about it. Uh, so if you can convert a bathtub to a roll-in shower, that would be ideal, right? Absolutely, it would be. The, veteran, the VA has a certain amount of money for that, and quite literally, it's enough. But it does not provide enough to get the mental comfort in that shower. Can we pull out a tub? Put in a shower head, put in a couple handrails, move the drain. Sure, there is enough money for that. But it's not just the shower. It's not just the bath. It's, it's an individual rolling into an environment that he didn't really choose for his life. He, he accepted the risk, and now he's living with it. He should not, he or she, should not have to roll into a shower that's white, cold, no no. No mental comfort because it's not just the body. Our, our model for our foundation is rebuilding homes and lives. Personally, I don't care about sticks and bricks. It's the life in that house. So if we can build the house to make the life comfortable, we win on both agendas. So, well, if you could do a great bathroom and you see that smile as they walk in to see it for the first time, they don't need, um, I guess, counselors to help them adjust because just seeing their face light up would do it. I would think. Absolutely. That's certainly part of it. The holistic side of the healing is if everybody would just take one experiment in life, take your two best running shoes and tie the shoelaces together and live like that for a day. Or sit in a wheelchair for a day. Well, yeah, that's where I was going. And sit in a wheelchair and experience that. Yeah. Realize how many times your fingers smash a doorway just going through it. And so there's programs out there where we can widen doorways and make all that happen. And that's good. That's needed. And we, we want to continue doing that. But there's a healing process inside of that home. The home should be our sanctuary, walking or not walking. Your home is your sanctuary. When you get into your sanctuary and you get angry because you hit a door, you get frustrated because you fell off the toilet because there's nowhere to grab a handrail. All right. A lot of the veterans that we deal with are up in the age categories. Pick a number, you're probably right. And when they're disabled at that age category, you have a body mass issue. They're very large individuals. If they're married, have you ever seen a 200-pound man lay on the floor and ask a 180-pound woman to pick him up? Not going to happen. Well, he could ask, but, yeah, I'm sure it's not going to happen. So his request is, honey, call somebody. So mm-hmm. he's got to lay there embarrassed, humiliated. She's embarrassed for him. She's humiliated. Everybody's hurting because nobody reached out to them and says, hey, we got a little money. We can make this part go away. Mm. That's where we're going. We're going to be that answer. Well, I'm proud of you for doing that. Um, and talk about proud. What is What project made you the proudest? Oh, jeez. I think the proudest event I had, and it's it's going to sound more like a paternal question, but it's going to be the first one. It took almost a year and a half to build. I had absolutely no clue what I was doing as far as raising the funds, pulling the community together. All the ancillary aspects of this, I had no clue. Swing a hammer? Hell yeah, I can do that all day long. So the contracting side, that part's easy. But then I found... When you meet somebody, you communicate to them what you're trying to do to give to somebody else. It's one thing when I go into a shop and say, hey, I want to build a house. Can you give me a discount because I really want this to go well? 
no, get out of here. That's asking price. Everybody pays the same price. Right. But to walk into a supply house and say, hey, I'm doing this to give it away to another guy who's hurting. Can you help me? When they say, yeah, you you kind of smile inside. Well, don't you find that most Americans have a very soft heart when it comes to the veterans or anybody who needs help? Absolutely. Everybody from the ASCPA all the way to the VA, we live on grants and donations and giftings. One of the biggest problems with the nonprofit world is insincerity, lack of financial clarity, and flat out, you know it happens. People steal money, and it's just horrible. So people have a trust issue with that $10 they want to give, and I appreciate that. I think I have a decent track record of safety for donations. We've rebuilt three houses. One of them burned to the ground. Two of them were extreme home makeovers. We are starting another extreme home maker where this Saturday or next Saturday when we start with the cleanup. The cleanup is going to take a couple of weeks just to get the yard in shape. So you I know, I ne- excuse me, but I neglected to say that you basically run this in Arizona. And so this new extreme makeover is located where? 54th Avenue in Glendale, roughly. And that's Maricopa County, Arizona, for those people who are not living in Arizona but who are curious where Charlie is doing his wonder work. But we are expanding. Oh, I'm glad you are. It's going to take a while. Maybe we should talk about people who are remodeling out there, and you wonder what you're going to do with your old cabinets. Now, if you live in Arizona, this would be great. But if you do have anything you want to donate, You'd have to call Charlie, but you can email me. Um, but Charlie does a lot of um, refurbishing of houses with some of the um, some of the cabinets or appliances that people give you. Absolutely, we try and repurpose whatever gifts we get. Uh, we've I've been to the home building shows down at our local uh, coliseums and our community centers. Those go on frequently throughout the year, so I'll get a booth. They'll actually donate it to us because. The community cares. They really do. And when we get stronger, we'll be, we'll be better known. But we go to these events. I go there for specific reason. I hunt down general contractors. They're, they are the, they're the big game that I want because they always have leftovers. They always over-order. Well, I shouldn't say always, but it happens. But it's the remodelers. They're the ones going into a house that might be 10 years old, perfectly acceptable products to pull out. We will repurpose them, and we'll refurbish a veteran's home with it. So we are we are doing pretty decent at that. Well, good. Yeah. And then when you see the smile on the veteran's face, I'm sure you get that little tingle. You know, we we all go into business for whatever drives us. I get I get what can't be bought. Self satisfaction yeah. and gratitude and yeah. and happiness. Hey, I got to talk about light bulbs. Bulbs. I'm sure that lighting in these houses for the veterans is very important. So, you guys, if you haven't migrated your light bulbs from your old incandescent to your LEDs, now's the time to do it. You will see better. You won't have that yellow cast in your house. And you can actually control the level of bright light to soft light with a simple little um, dimmer. So if the answer is no and you're still using those old bulbs, I want you to call Premier Lighting. You can go on their website, shoppremier.com. Their phone number is right there. They have educated and very nice consultants that will help you switch everything over and also tell you where you should have lights and where you shouldn't and 
and how the room is going to look better with lighting. So again, I want you to call or go on to their website, shoppremier.com, and give them a call. So back to Charlie. I bet you use a lot of lights in your remodeling because, you know, if as we age, our eyes need more light. Absolutely. And anybody who says no, they're just not facing facts. Well, you know, lighting is probably the most inner, most misunderstood aspect of a remodel. It, if you've got a million-dollar painting hanging on your wall, do you really want a 30-cent light bulb lighting it up? Right. Hell no. Or the, if they skimp on the cans and you have dark spots in the kitchen or in the hallway or in the bathroom, that's, that doesn't work for anybody because you can't operate that right. way. You might trip over something, and tripping is a big, I'm sure, factor when Absolutely. you're remodeling. So lighting is important. So um, tell me, what are your goals for the future for Operation Enduring Gratitude? Well, we are starting the concept of developing chapters, and chaptering allows us to operate in different municipalities under the same umbrella while providing the 501c3 coverage for each individual chapter. In Arizona, I want to start up two more chapters, one down in Tucson, one up in Flagstaff. Those are our three big sections of the state. Oh, those are our main cities, yeah. <laughs> right? Anybody who doesn't know about Arizona, if you take those three away, there's nothing. And so the same concept will work when we move, make a move towards Tennessee. Instead of going north and south, Tennessee is short and wide. So we would go an east, central, and a west concept. Huh. Texas, well, we'll probably need about 4,000 units. Do you know there. Las Vegas has a very large veteran community? Yes, they do. We'll I, be there soon. I bet you they'll welcome you with open arms. I hope so. But, you know, one of the things I've learned through my journey in the nonprofit world is a lot of nonprofits function with the mindset of entitlements. I am resisting that as much as possible because when I, when I signed up and enlisted in the military, I didn't do that thinking, you know, all I got to do is put on this uniform, and then I get 10% off on everything for life. I didn't do that. I didn't know that until I got out. Oh, what a nice benefit. But not everybody does that. But and look what you have to give up to get that 10%. Yeah. And, oh. <laughs> and you know, what's what's ironic is in, inside of the community, of the, of the it, it's a strange community. I love it. I'm in it. I'm dead center of it. I'm advocating for the community. But there are those out there that have an entitlement mentality. They'll tell somebody, hey, don't go to this store because they don't do a 10% discount. Well, why would you do that? The guy who – I don't understand it. But but I, we just keep on keeping on developing our relationships, building our community efforts, maintaining our reputation, and keep doing what we started doing. So have you seen in the last five years the attitude of the public changing towards veterans? I mean, for the better. Definitely for the better. I mean, they're starting to say thank you for your service. They're not um, ignoring them. They want to help. Yeah. I think one, one of the things I would like to hear, and I don't know if anybody else is saying this, but thank you for your service is awesome. It's absolutely awesome. More people should say it, but even more people should say Thank you for my freedom. Right. And without you guys fighting for our freedom, we wouldn't have freedom. Right. And and the reason why I, I like to say it that way is because thank you for your service means thank you over there for that thing you did over there without putting that connection of why he did that. 
or she did that or they did that is thank you for my freedom. Now it's personal. So it's like, thank you for us being here because you were over there. Yeah. Thank you for making sure my 16-year-old daughter can go to school free, not have to dodge bombs and bullets. Thank you for putting your life out there to protect her. On that note, what would you like us to do to help you? Oh, we need industry connections. One of the greatest connections that I have is American Concrete Institute. These guys are throwing money at us for our wheelchair ramp program. That is phenomenal. Let's let's just um, explain your wheelchair program. It's not just a piece of wood that's like a crate. Right. They're... The very first, the reason why I'm doing the wheelchair ramp program is the very first time I did one was probably eight years ago. I was doing it for the the Maryville Revitalization Group out in the West Valley. I built that ramp with marine grade plywood, exterior grade lumber, everything that you can do to make wood last. But again, this is Arizona. Concrete melts out here, sort of. (laughs) It feels like it. Well, we can say eggs fry on the part on the uh, sidewalk. And so I'm driving away from this house. They are extremely happy that their wheelchair ramp got repaired. I'm looking in my rear rear view mirror. They're waving at me as I'm driving away, and I know I'm coming back to this house to fix that ramp again. So what happened? The sun dried out the wood? I don't know. This was so far. The organization that was brought me in to do that, I just volunteered my time for that. Nobody's reached back to me and said, hey, we need that ramp, and Oh, so you didn't have to go back to that particular person yet? No. Mentally, I'm thinking wood's going to deteriorate. It's going to dry up from the sun. It's going to rot. It's going to break eventually. So I drove away swearing up and down. If I ever do another ramp, we're doing it out of concrete. So we started doing them out of concrete. The first ramp we did, this would be my favorite wheelchair ramp event or the one that I get the most pleasure out of. It took two days. 36, 30, 38 bags of 80-pound concrete mixed by hand, one Marine and myself. And it was that day when I learned that ramps aren't just a change in elevation. They are a necessity for the mental capacity to come and go from your house without being angry. A lot of us have door locks that don't work so you jimmy it and you you kick the bottom of it and you you got a little stick stick point and we learn to live with that this is what our veterans have done they've learned to live with roll out the front door real fast not too far you roll into the grass turn real sharp move this way and so when we were doing this veteran's house i'm setting up the forms he keeps asking well can you make it a little longer can you move it a little this way can you do this and i said absolutely but tell me why Tell me why I'm doing what you're asking. I'm going to do it. I just want to know why I'm doing it. He goes, well, if you leave the ramp right there, when I park my car, I'll have to slide back to open the door. I'm like, oh. Stuff to ambulatory individuals will never consider parking next to the sidewalk so you can get right out, walk onto concrete. When you're in a wheelchair, you've got to roll back or you got to dodge the door. Just getting out of your freaking car is a battle. So it was very important for him to be there so that you could ask 
or get suggestions by the end user because if somebody did a ramp and then just drove away, this poor guy would be stuck with a ramp that's not really working that well for him. Right. It's sufficient in its ability to change the elevation from a four-inch raised threshold to the sidewalk. Do you typically make the ramps almost custom to fit the person because they might have different situations, right? If you're a veteran and you need a wheelchair ramp and you call me, if we're qualified to do the work on your house, you will have a unique ramp. There's no two that are the same. And because of what I learned from this individual, we started a whole program called Super Ramps. They are huge. Most people, when they do a wheelchair ramp, is just a little 36-inch wide, because that's ADA requirement, 36 inches wide. Back to the ADA requirements. ADA requirements are minimum. Uh-huh. When the industry understands that that is just minimum, that means you're not doing anything great. You're doing the least you can and charging the most possible. So, anyways, we now do wheelchair ramps that are enormous. And by enormous, our first super ramp was over 300 square feet. And it came from the threshold of the front door, came out 60 inches flat. That part of the ADA we understand because you roll backwards trying to put the key in the doorknob. So we give them the 60-inch flat landing, and then we tapered it all the way to the street, to the city sidewalk. Mm -hmm. So it was over 17 foot, 17 feet wide, 32 feet long. Do you put handrails on there? No. Okay. And the reason why is I I made a presentation at a national uh, organization, and I asked the group, I said, hey, who knows what that shiny metal thing is hanging out of people's front door with handrails? One guy raises his hand and says, that's a wheelchair ramp. I go, no. It's a neighborhood notice that tells everybody in the neighborhood that whoever lives in here is handicapped. So if you want to rob him, he's not going to put up much of a fight. Ah, good point. And everybody's chin in the room hit the floor because they're like, oh, crap. That does kind of say that. Well, our ramps ramps by design do two things. A, it, it accommodates the access mobility issues of coming and going to the home. But secondly, if I can do it the way I like to do it, and the veteran has total say of how big, and we've been asked not to make them that big. I'm like, dang, I like them big. When you park, if we're there and we do our super ramps, you park on your driveway, you are on the ramp no matter where you park. So imagine having a caregiver who has to pick you up in the morning, take you to your event or your appointments, bring you back to a house that's never been retrofitted for a transportation vehicle for a handicapped individual, they have to park that vehicle exactly in the same spot every time. Otherwise, the mobility, getting out of the truck or out of the van, doing their thing, there's a struggle there. You do that enough with a caregiver, we get the routine down. We all know where to park in our garage. We all know hit the tennis ball stop. We're all good with that. But what happens when the caregiver can't show up that day and the wife or the husband's now got to do it? Mm-hmm. The friction at that moment becomes stressful. So now your veteran who's trying to come and go is stressing because he, she, they, whoever it is, doesn't know how to park, doesn't know how to back up. No, I told you to back up. I did back up. No, you're too close. You're too far. And all the consternation, that should not be the approach coming home. You should not stress heavy coming into your front door. When we do our ramps, we want you to have a peaceful entry to your home. Just park like everybody else. 
Well, your mother must be very proud of you. Yeah, she loves this. <laughs> this is good stuff. And your wings are just beautiful. Yeah, they're little dirty concrete wings. So the the last event we try and we try and cluster ramps. And by cluster I mean multiple ramps and one event. This most recent wheelchair ramp event we did this past November, uh, we did them in four different locations. We provided 11 wheelchair ramps. The amount of concrete that we used was 133,650 pounds of concrete. That's what I mean by bigger ramps. Mm -hmm. We also serve three nonprofits. We serve uh, the... The VFW Post out in Buckeye, we serve St. Vincent de Paul, and we serve up by their bootstraps in Goodyear. So we spread out wide. Um, June 30th, prior to that, we did I think, 13 ramps all the way from Buckeye, Arizona, all the way to Apache Junction. I hate to ask you this question because there is no average ramp, but how long does it take to complete one ramp? When we do our clusters, we do them in one day. We did all that poor oh. 133,000 pounds. Did that all in one day, 75 volunteers, lots of concrete, lots of demolition. Now, keep in mind, when we do our ramps, we also have to tear out concrete. Mm -hmm. So we're working with some of our other local general contractors who will donate dumpsters. And if anybody in the construction industry knows a dumpster is 600 bucks, so there's four to $600 depending on the size, that's a huge donation. Not so much as a dollar amount, but because of the service it provides. You ever try and move concrete? No. Yeah. <laughs> That's not one of the things I really right. want to do. Heavy. Well, I know that uh, time is a wasting and you've got to get to your next appointment, but I, I want to thank you for explaining everything to me. And I also want to ask the people out there if they would like to give back and help improve the quality of the lives of the people and thank them for their service and for the freedom that we all enjoy. So if you do, if you want to email me at nancy at Nancy Hugo, I will then pass it on to Charlie, who will then contact you, and he'd be so ever grateful, and it would give you a good feeling. I also want to let people know that they could uh, download the app on their phone and then subscribe to Home Design Chat with Nancy so that you could listen to all of these wonderful podcasts because I put a lot of time into them because I think they're important and I hope you listen and you learn from them. So, Charlie, again, I want to thank you. I love it. And I want to thank everybody for listening. And until the next time, have a great day. 